Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Good morning. Good morning. So good to have you with us this morning. I'm wondering how many of you uh, jumped out of bed this morning and you looked in the mirror, saw a reflection of yourself, and said, I love you. Uh, How many? Come on. This is what we've been teaching you over the last seven weeks. We've been telling you to what? Love the one in the mirror. Because it's a stepping stone. We've learned that uh, throughout the Word of God. We're challenged to love God and to love each other. And we have found when we can love and accept ourselves, we stand a much better chance of being that way to other people as well. So turn to the person next to you and say, because I love me. Come on, because I love me, I love you. All right. All right. Very good. I'm glad you're learning. All right. Today is Financial Report Sunday, and as Pastor Tyler mentioned just a moment ago, uh, Pastor Dave will be joining us in just a few minutes to tell us how we did last year from a financial standpoint. And this is something that we've been doing here at our church for the last 32 years, 32 years of reviewing the numbers from the previous year. And many of you look forward to this report. You, You like to see the numbers. Others of you could care less. I understand that. But just so you know, we didn't add Financial Report Sunday into the 52-week mix because we ran out of good sermon ideas. We do it on purpose. Our board of directors and pastoral leadership team see the value in full disclosure. And besides that, I think it's inspirational to celebrate our wins as a church. And Financial Report Sunday is also, thank you. It's a good reminder that tithing and generous giving is the only way any church can survive. So again, Pastor Dave will be coming in just a couple minutes. He'll open the books. I promise you he didn't cook the books. And uh, he's going to come shortly. Uh, So let's look at a couple of Bible verses first. And you know where this is going. I always do this when I talk a little bit about money. So if you're visiting with us for the first time and you think that churches, all they do is talk about money, I will confirm that for you today. (laughs) All right. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. This is Paul writing. He said, as you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Paul said, no other church offered me any financial help or assistance. Even when I was in Thessalonica, 100 miles away, you sent help more than once. One translation says you sent help or financial support again and again. All right. If you include Paul's trip to Rome, which was his final trip before he was executed, he was beheaded in Rome, if you count that trip, Paul went on four missionary journeys. 
It covered a span of some 13 years. He traveled 7,000 miles. Check it out, 7,000 miles. And the scripture teaches us he planted countless churches. Some of the more popular churches, the ones listed on the pages of scripture, they became powerful, life-changing communities. So effective, so instrumental in the gospel message, and so compelling that Jesus would go on to comment on them himself in the book of Revelation. And when you conduct a detailed study of all of these churches, when you look in the scripture and you read through the Bible, you will find that there were no churches any more generous, big-hearted, or benevolent than the church we just read about, the church at Philippi. Paul said, out of all the churches I gave my life to, the churches I poured in blood, sweat, and tears, the churches I planted and prayed about night and day, those that I received persecution from, assigned pastors to lead, and even resolve some problems. Out of all of those churches, the Philippian church was the only church who cared enough about my financial needs that they rallied behind me on more than one occasion. He said, the Philippian church came to my assistance, they bailed me out of trouble, and basically saved my life. And as a church planner, Paul said, I don't think I would have survived without them. I don't think I would have made it in the calling that God gave to me if it wasn't for the Philippian church. Now, as a pastor, when I read a portion of scripture like that, I have to tell you, it has my full attention. I immediately lock in to those kinds of stories and verses because I want to know how they did it. How did the Philippian church rise head and, above, head and shoulders above all the other churches? How were they able to do something none of the churches could do? Offer so much hope to the Apostle Paul and rally behind his needs? Well, the scripture usually answers itself. So let's take a look at another passage in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 16. And as we read these verses here, keep in mind that what we're about to read uh, took place during Paul's second missionary journey. And this particular incident ha happened after the Lord supernaturally uh, revealed a dream uh, to Paul. He, he, he gave him a dream, he led him in that dream, and Paul followed it. Acts chapter 6, beginning with verse 11. From Troas we put out to sea, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart. The Lord opened Lydia's heart to respond to Paul's message. It was the gospel message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. 
If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house, and she persuaded us. Okay, that's good right there. The Bible tells us that a short time before Paul, on his second missionary journey, made his way to Philippi, he had a dream. It came to him, the scripture tells us, in a night vision. And what he did during his dream is he saw a man from Macedonia crying out for help. Paul immediately was able to discern that this dream was from the Lord. So he responded favorably, and he went. This is often referred to in the Bible as the Macedonian call. Paul, being led of the Holy Spirit, went to Macedonia. The first place that the Lord led him to was a city called Philippi. It was one of the leading cities in Macedonia. And on the Sabbath day, he wanted to find a private place to pray. And so he went to the water's edge, and there he came across a group of women, small group, but they weren't there getting a suntan. Do you remember what they were doing? They were praying. This small group of ladies had gathered together to pray. And taking a page out of Jesus' book, Paul engaged these women and began to talk to them about the gospel message. And one of the prayer warriors there, a gal by the name of Lydia, the scripture says, opened her heart to the gospel message. She listened carefully to what Paul had to say about Jesus. She was from, uh, from Thyatira. Chances are she was Greek, but maybe she had learned about the Jewish faith uh, from the people who were there. She was a worshiper of God, but she had never heard the gospel message. She heard it that day. She opened her heart to the gospel, the scripture says, and what happened next? She got saved, and then she got baptized in water. And afterwards, she invited Paul and the entire mission team to come to her house, which was extremely unusual in, that, in those days. Rabbis didn't do that sort of thing. But once again, Paul broke protocol he spent some time at Lydia's house, and Lydia's house became the launching pad for the Philippian church. And do you have any idea who the members were who turned that little home church into one of the greatest churches in all of Asia Minor? Anybody? Those women. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. That little riverside prayer group that had been meeting together, the same one that Paul interrupted just a short time earlier. You see, Lydia was a very successful businesswoman. She sold luxury designer clothing with purple dye. And back in those days, only the royal families and the filthy rich wore garments with dye coloring especially purple. Most Bible scholars believe that Lydia may well have been one of the wealthiest women in the New Testament, and they suggest that she was the leader of that little prayer group. And one day she gathered all those ladies together. She encouraged them to pray. They prayed on a regular basis, and God prompted them to start a church. And what a church the Philippian church became. Amen. It was a great church. It was a powerful church, a generous church. 
In fact, they gave like no other church. Paul said so. We just read it. Now, you might hear that story and conclude, well, yeah, makes sense. Lydia had money. Lydia was wealthy. She could bless Paul that way. She could be a blessing to other people. She could be generous because she had a lot of extra money. Can I tell you that's not how generosity works? People are not generous. Listen, people are not generous because they're wealthy. People are wealthy because they're generous. Generosity is a matter of the heart. It doesn't come from your bank account or your financial portfolio. Generosity flows out of a heart of kindness and compassion. And we become generous the way the Bible describes generosity when we receive the blessing that God has to give us when he opens the windows of heaven and pours out his blessing on us and we are so thankful and so appreciative and so grateful for all the gifts that he gives us that without hesitation, we're willing to share those blessings with the people around us. That's true generosity. Again, it flows out of something that God does in our hearts. There's a verse of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. It confirms the ageless, God-given law of sowing and reaping. Here's what it says. Paul said, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Lydia was not generous because she was wealthy. Lydia was blessed because she was willing to give. She was wealthy and rich because she had generosity in her heart.